This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. One thing I know you and I both have in common is we have really big goals for our life. We're, we're high achievers. That's why you're listening to this podcast, because you want more out of life. With that, there's a gap. A gap between where you are today and where you want to be. A gap between your current results and the results that you want for your life. How do you go about bridging that gap so that you can show up as the leader, as the business owner, as the husband, the wife that you want to be? A lot of content out there focuses on tactics, you know, the specific things that you can do, how you can get to where you want. And then even recently, there's been a new discussion around why are you doing what you're doing? And maybe you should be starting with why. The woman you're going to meet today will suggest that you ask a different question. Who am I? It's not the what, it's not the why, it's the who. She'd suggest that if you want to bridge that gap between where you are today and where you want to be as a leader, you should begin with who am I? And she'll go on to talk about how we all have these seven archetypes or these personas that are inherent in all of us. We all have them. And it's about really understanding in those moments of indecision, those moments when we're really unsure of what to do, how do we navigate those decisions to either our greatness or to our gap? So with that, let's get into my conversation with the author of The Leadership Gap, Lolly Daskal. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. So when you first reached out to me, we got on the phone just to to get to know each other and see if we could bring value to one another. Then when you started sharing with me what your expertise was in terms of really helping all of those people who asked the questions, why am I not getting to the next level? Why am I stuck? Why haven't I achieved what I want to achieve? And you you made it really clear. You're like, that's it's because they're at, at a gap in their life. And then you said, I wrote a book on it called The Leadership Gap. And I'm going, okay, you got my attention. Where did this come from? Great question. It actually, it's a very interesting story. I have always been very interested in the human behavior. I've, and it started out with wanting to understand myself. It started out in a bookshop. Somebody handed me a book called The Man's Search of Meaning. Victor mm, Frankl. Yes. And when I read that book, so many things in that book was like, yes, this is for me. Yes, suffering is for a reason. Things happen for a reason. And it really, 
and made things okay for me for a while. It was, it was just, it was, it answered some questions that I was always asking. And you have to understand this was, I was 17 years old when I picked up that book. Then I dove in a little bit deeper and I became very interested in, because Viktor Frankl was a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and I was very interested in that field. And I started to study um, Carl Gustav Jung and about what he talked about when it came to human behavior. And one of the things that Carl Gustav Jung talks about are archetypes. And I found them to be very interesting because archetypes are universal. Any culture that you go to, everybody understands what an archetype is. Even we have a movie made about it. Um, We have Star Wars. It goes through Joseph Campbell's archetypes of a hero's journey. And between Joseph Campbell and Jung's work, I was so immersed in how things work and how people think, how people act and why they do what they do, that it became my life's mission to understand it at a deep level. And I came up with a system for myself to understand myself. And then it turned out not only did it help me, but later on when I became a coach, which I fell into. It wasn't I decided, okay, I'm going to be a leadership coach. This is what I want to do. I used that system to help people because I knew one side will help them, what we call the dark side and the light side. So which side do we want to stand on? And it always was a matter of choice. And so I've used this system. I, I think I've been using it now for 34 years. So what is an archetype for those of you, for those of the people who don't know what that is? An archetype is a persona. It talks about a human being or a, or a person that has certain behaviors. Mm. And it's as simple as that. And everybody, either they call them archetypes or they call them personas. And it's a, it's a model. It's a model behavior. And it attaches itself to a certain person. So it, let me give you an example. In my, in my model... The archetype of the rebel, most people know what a rebel is, right? You can, they're, they're out there, they want to do something, they're passionate about, about an idea, they're passionate about a cause. But people don't realize that in order to be a rebel, you need to use a certain characteristic in order to be that rebel. And I have found in my research that you need to be confident to be that rebel. If you don't have confidence, you cannot be out there being successful. But this is where the shadow work comes in. This is where Jung really helped me understand that for every single rebel that is out there that is confident, there is a gap. And that is the gap of the imposter who has self-doubt. So every rebel that wants to do great work, at some point in their mission, in their vision of themselves, they start to feel like an imposter. And when they start to self-doubt themselves, this can cost them to get stuck. This can cost them not taking them to the next level. This can this costs them in being as successful as they want to be. And once I was able to identify this, this model has been a profound game changer in many people's lives. So what I'm hearing you say is that you started to study all of these people. You learned that there are a specific number or specific types of archetypes that we all have inside of us. Some just may be more dominant than others. And depending on What's showing up? Maybe what's creating the gap? Is that what I'm hearing? It's more of 
if because these archetypes, you see, one of the things that um, many years ago, they were these two gals, they came up with this thing called, based on Jung's work, based on his archetypes, they came up with Myers-Briggs. And Myers-Briggs, what it does is it gives you these initials and it says, you are this person. Yeah, I'm an ENFJ. Okay, but Jung didn't want that. No. <laughs> Jung, no, Jung wanted that we should all be the sum of all our parts, meaning... You have you have those parts to you, but I am sure in different situations, you have to show up as someone else. Most people out there go, I'm an introvert. No, but sometimes you have to be an extrovert and you can be. And so sometimes you're intuitive and sometimes you're not. And so you, the, the reason why it's so important to understand the truth of Jung's work is that he didn't want you to be just one thing. He understood that with every situation, with every choice, with every decision or challenge, we are something else. So this model allows you to be all of these things, not just one initial. So how do we take this? In the name of your book is called The Leadership Gap. What gets between you and your greatness? So how, how does this translate into us showing up as the best authentic version of ourselves so that we can achieve everything we want? By knowing this model, by knowing the seven leadership styles, you could ask at any given moment in any challenge or frustration or discomfort, who am I being? So I'll give you an example. One of the um, leadership styles is of a navigator. The navigator is a very smart person, is a very practical person. They come up with pragmatic solutions. People always come to them when they have a problem. And because that is true, people trust them. But there's a gap. For every navigator that exists out there, there is a gap that is called the fixer. And the fixer is arrogant. Why is the fixer arrogant? Because nobody asks them to solve the problem and to and to step on their toes about how they should fix things. When people come to you with a problem, <laughs> are you laughing? I'm laughing because I'm thinking of all the conversations with my wife where she talks about her problems and I just want to fix it. And she just really wants me to hear her. She doesn't want me to fix her problems, but I try to fix them anyways. You Right. You see, you see how it causes a gap in a relationship oh, and in the situation. That's why you got okay, my so, boyish giggle. Okay, so that's why she's asking you when she comes to you with a problem, she just wants you to listen. And the way great leaders can help others and to empower them and to engage them is to ask them like a great coach. A great coach never fixes their clients' problems. They ask provocative questions that allow the other person to say, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Even though the coach or the leader knows where this person needs to go, you never tell them. You just ask the questions that lead them down the right path. And guess what happens? Because you do, they love you. They trust you. They want to be aligned with you. Your relationship will get better. Um, your marriage will take you to another level. And being the fixer, you just come across as arrogant and nobody wants that. So knowing this gap in any situation, you could ask yourself, navigator or fixer, trusted or arrogant? And that's why this system is so profound. Okay, so now you've got me kind of excited because I'm going, I'm recognizing the yin and the yang here. Kind of like you mentioned, the introvert, extrovert. I am a self-proclaimed extrovert. Jay makes fun of me all the time. He's like, he'll take one look at me and go, do you need some vitamin G? Which means like you need social interaction. You need some Jeff time. But at the same time, I have a very strong introverted side that I have to be alone at times. I have to have that time with myself. Otherwise, I go nuts. But I haven't even recognized that until about a year ago and consciously work to find that balance between the two. 
Right. So do you understand why Myers-Briggs does a disservice to human beings? Not that I'm knocking it, but in Jung's work, he talks about the in and the out, the dark and the light. You need one with the other in order for you to be on the way you are and to be social, to be present as you are. You also need to recoup. We as human beings need alone time to reflect and process. That's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. So this is knowing these gaps and greatness. Actually, I don't think any of the gaps is a bad thing because I talk about in the book about how to leverage them. So if you're a fixer, learn how to leverage the fixer in order to in order that it can serve you. So let's, if, if we can, let's blast through what the seven archetypes are. So the person who's listening can try to figure out what they identify with. Okay, so... We'll blast through them fast because I could spend an hour on this. And I really, I, I find that I might want to have an interesting conversation with you about which archetype you are. But so let's go through them quickly. The first one, as we said, was the rebel and the gap of it was the imposter. By the way, it's, this um, system is called the rethink system because it's an acronym for the seven archetypes. So R was the rebel. The E is the explorer. The explorer is someone who wants to have a new idea, wants to go to uncharted waters, like where someone hasn't gone before. And in order to do that, they have to use the characteristic of their intuition. But using your intuition is a very interesting thing for most people. That means they have to let go of control. And letting go of control for some people is very difficult. And because that is true, there is a gap. And the gap of the explorer who's all about intuition becomes the exploiter who manipulates. Now, you might be saying, Lolly, that's really harsh. What do you mean I'm an exploiter? An exploiter is someone who doesn't, uh, doesn't want to lose control of their analysis, of how they process things. And they hold on so tightly that they end up wanting to get their own way, that sometimes they have to manipulate others and themselves into thinking a certain way. And this ends up costing you and your greatness. This ends up costing you going to the next level. This is where people say, why am I stuck? I said, because maybe you're standing on the gap instead of being the explorer of using your intuition. The next one in the rethink model is the truth teller. I love the truth tellers. If you ever met a truth teller, you can recognize them immediately because it's their duty, Jeff, to tell the truth. It's like, you didn't ask them, but they're telling you the truth. They go, I must speak with candor. I must tell you what's They're all about telling you every detail of every truth. But for every truth teller that has this call to duty about telling the truth, there is a gap. And the gap to the truth teller is the deceiver who creates suspicion. And you might be saying, well, how does that play out? Well, when someone is having a conversation with someone and they don't tell the whole truth, they start to leave out certain facts. The person that they're talking to knows that they were withholding something and they start to think of them. Why are they lying to me? Why are they deceiving me? And when you when someone gets the energy of being deceived, they create suspicion about, you know, you be, they become suspicious about you. And this is a horrible thing because even though you meant well, but you're withholding information for whatever reason, it can cost you because people are suspicious and think you're a deceiver. OK, so so far you've got the rebel. You've got the explorer and you've got the truth teller. When we come back, Lolly and I are going to talk about the remaining of the seven archetypes and then talk specifically about how you can identify which one you need to focus on so that you can start to begin to bridge your gap. Up until this point, Lolly and I started talking about her studies, how she even 
was inspired to write The Leadership Gap, and we started talking about the seven archetypes. We talked about the rebel, the explorer, and the truth teller. Our conversation continued as we discussed the remainder of the seven archetypes. And the next archetype, I love this archetype, it's the hero. There is a hero within all of us. And the hero, it doesn't mean we have to jump into a burning flame or do something that is outrageous and, you know, remarkable. It's simply the person that can show up when they're fearful. It's simply the person that is brave when they don't feel so brave. And we can count on our fingers. How many times a day do we say, oh, I don't, I can't really do that. And then you end up doing it anyway. You're the hero. Mm -hmm. But for every hero that exists, there is a gap. And the gap is of the bystander who is fearful. So how does that look? It looks like this. The bystander sees something and does nothing, hears something and says nothing. And why do they do this? Because they're fearful. They're fearful of what it's going to cost them. How many times have we stood by in our lives? Why? Because we were fearful. You can imagine if you think about it, how many times has it cost you in your success? taking you to the next level, giving you the meaningful you know, success that you really want in your life. The next archetype is the inventor. I love the inventor because the inventor is really good at their craft. They have skills that they're really good at. And their characteristic of being in their greatness is doing everything with integrity, meaning that everything they do, they do with excellence. They show up 110%. They go the extra mile. But there's a gap. For every inventor that's out there, there's the destroyer who is corrupt. And you might be saying, how, do, how does that happen? So it looks like this. It's the leader that says, let's do this faster. Let's do this cheaper. It's the company that says, let's cut corners. Nobody will ever know. Does it end up costing you? You bet it always comes out. So you never want to be the destroyer who ends up having corrupt a business or leadership. Mm -hmm. The next one is the navigator, which we talked about, right? You either want to be trusted or you want to come across as the fixer that is arrogant. And that's the gap. And the last one, I love, love, love this archetype. It's the knight. The knight is not about gender, but is about the characteristic of the knight. The knight says, I am loyal to you. I will serve you. I will protect you. But for every knight that exists out there, you know, they're usually the givers that you that Adam Grant talks about. It's like, I want to be there for you. There is a gap. And the gap is the mercenary. The mercenary who says, What have you done for me? Because they're all about self-serving. It's even a mercenary. It's like me, 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 right? Do for me, protect me, serve me, put me on this, talk about me. And the truth is, if you want to be in greatness, be the person who is the knight. Because when you end up serving others, when you end up protecting others, it always comes back to you. And that is the beauty of that archetype. So those are the seven um, rethink leadership models. So I listen to this and I can identify with all of them. Yes. Should is is it that we're only one or is it that we're all of them? So, great question and this will I want to answer this but I want to ask you a question. Okay. So, we're it's situational. You know, sometimes like you mentioned your wife earlier, sometimes you're the fixer and sometimes you're the truth teller. So the question for me that I want to ask you 
is who do you think you lean into most? The explorer certainly sits with me. The inventor sits with me and the navigator sits with me. Wonderful. The question that I have for you, and we'll deep dive into those characteristics, which one of the rebel, the hero, and the knight, right? You didn't say the knight. Mm -hmm. Which one of those do you think that you need to work on in order to bring more of that out? I would probably say the knight. When you describe the knight as the person that is loyal, they will serve, they will protect. That is at my core. It's you know coming from contribution, finding ways to bring value at scale has been something I have embodied in my bones. Uh, but over the last year, I allowed my focus to shift to other things and kind of like um, like you said, the the mercenary um, chasing uh, or the destroyer chasing short term dollars, doing things that might be a win in the short run, but not necessarily in the long run. Um, allowed my focus to shift away from being that loyal, coming from contribution, bringing value. And has it cost you in any way? Hell yeah. So now you understand the greatness and the gap. If we know this system, we memorize it, implement it into our lives. The great thing about this is, is that any given moment, we could have a shortcut to our inner psyche and say to ourselves, who do we want to be? So you can decide which one you want to be, greatness or gap. And having this system, you can pivot at any moment and ask yourself, you know, maybe I need to have more balance. I can serve others, but yet I can, you know, things can happen to me. The interesting thing is about the night is that there's this belief system that if I'm always serving others, I don't get much in return. I must focus on myself. And after doing this work for over 34 years, I know the truth behind the night. I see it with in organizations. I see it with leaders. I see it individuals in my life. The ones that are true knights are true protectors and are serving others. And in return, they have such rich lives. They talk about meaning and they talk about purpose. And it's not so much about things they've accumulated, but it's what they have inside that really matters. How they feel when they're around others, how connected they are. Relationships are very, very important to them. Mm-hmm. That that really resonates with me because someone asked me what my superpower is, and I very quickly would say I'm a super connector. I just I have formed relationships with people because I've just been adding value to them for so long that it's part of the reason I ended up in business with Gary and Jay here. So you're a true knight. I mean, you have the knighthood within <laughs> you. And so which do you, if you would like to deep dive in any one of these archetypes, which one would you find most interesting to talk about? You know, I think we should dive into the explorer exploiter because that is the delicate balance that I have been walking here. The moment that Gary and Jay said, become the face of the one thing, turn this into a productivity empire, I'm really exploring uncharted waters. It's my job to build this company, to build this empire. At the same time, you know, we start with the assets like our email list and certain followings on social media and still adding value to them, but walking the line of not exploiting them and just going all for the straight sales. It was the biggest mistake we made in the first year in business. Interesting. Interesting. So you can see, now you see a year later, the difference between being the the explorer and the exploiter. But let's talk about what it means to be the explorer. What What does intuition mean to you? Intuition means 
a certain sense that you have in situations on what you should do. Right. So people say it's this gut feeling, right? If you say it's having a sixth sense, but there's many science that talks about what intuition really is. The science behind intuition is, is that you have done a lot of work in your life. You've had a lot of experiences in your life and going through those experiences has left like a blueprint in your mind about what works and what doesn't work. And think of your mind as almost like a machine. When a situation comes up, it's oh, it do, we don't it doesn't pause. It goes right to what you used to experience or what you know and it brings you that answer like you know it. It's that gut feeling. Intuition isn't something that's made up in the moment. And that's why people have to learn to trust their intuition because it doesn't come out of nowhere, but it comes from the capabilities that you've done before, the experiences that you've done before, and it has accumulated some wisdom and knowledge. So one of the things that is very underrated in corporate America is intuition. People poo-poo it. They go, no, I don't use my intuition. I use my analytics. And I go, your intuition is a very strong characteristic to use because it gives you knowledge that you've done this before and what worked and didn't work. And when you have that gut feeling, it's telling you it's worked before. Let's go there. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a very important thing that people learn to trust more of their intuition and not to say, well, it's this thing that I can't explain. So how does that relate to managing the gap? A managing the gap is when you don't trust that feeling of I know this, when it says do this, follow this, you try to turn the, I always say intuition is a language of the heart because it doesn't have it. It doesn't have any uh, like judgment. It doesn't have any um, negative thoughts. It just says, "Go do this. This is right. I feel it." But the mind has a whole different language. The mind is very judgmental. The mind is all about um, I'm I'm fearful. You feel fear in your mind. You never feel fear in your heart. And so when you have fear, when you have judgment. That's not your intuition. That's your mind saying, don't do that. Maybe that's not a good thing. And it holds you back. So we have to learn that if you want to succeed, if you want to go to the next level, then you have to learn to let go of the control of the analysis, let go of judgment and allow your intuition, the language of the heart, the language that knows what is right to do in that moment and to trust that and to move forward. So the the gap part is that the exploiter, because they're so scared, because they're so fearful and want to be in control, they end up exploiting people. They end up doing things that is not really the right way to do things because they want control. They might take advantage of people. They might sound like an authority, but even though they have no expertise, only because they want to take control. So I'm listening to all this and I can almost I'm starting to feel my head spin a little bit because it's, it's so much information. How do I break this down into a really simple method that I can take action on? Fantastic question. So it works like this. When you're in a situation and it's something new, uncharted waters, you have to ask yourself, do I know what I need to do next? And you ask out loud, what should I do next? And if an answer comes to you, go with the flow. It doesn't mean it's going to be the way you do things, but at least it gets you on the right track. 
if you're in a situation and you don't know what to do, but all you're thinking about, I have to take control of this. I have to take control of this. I, I'm not sure what I need to do, but it comes from a sense of control instead of flow. That's the moment you're in your gap. So if that could be the equation. If you're in your flow, you're in your greatness. If you're in your control, you're in your gap. If the answer comes to you and you're in that flow state, then you're in your greatness. But if you're, it's, what do you mean by if you're in your control? So sometimes we push things. Like sometimes, like some, let's say somebody's asking you to do a task and you feel overwhelmed by it. And when we're overwhelmed, we become sometimes fearful. And when we become fearful, we want to rein it in as tight as we can. And that is take, trying to take control. And when we try to take control, what happens is we're not allowing ourselves to have the expansion of the flow. What is flow? Letting go of what we know. I always say when we have a problem, I say, stop thinking what you've always done and let's try something new. And sometimes people say, I don't know what that means. And so I'll say, okay, if you're always walking, let's jump. And if you're always sitting, let's stand just so things start to feel differently and not to take, because control is about doing the same thing over and over again. That's not the way to get a new idea. Okay, so I'm, I'm hearing this and, and I'm still having a hard time piecing it together in my mind. I understand that in those moments of indecision to ask what I should do next, to think of the thing that comes to my mind, if it feels natural, if it feels effortless, I know I'm in that flow, that's likely the right thing to do. If I feel like my logical brain is taking over and I'm controlling it, I'm forcing it, it just doesn't feel right, it's that gap and it's probably not the right move. Is it as simple as that? Like just in the decisions, paying attention to our feelings and making sure that what we do feels right? It's, you know what, it's about choice. This whole book is about choice. This whole book is about choosing which one you're going to be. If the, the thing is, is that if being in control and doing the same thing over and over again has not served you, why would you make that same choice? Mm. Let's, let's talk about that because, you know, when we talk about the one thing at the core of it is habit. Mm -hmm. For so many of us, for decades of our life, we have either consciously or unconsciously formed habits. Some have been really great and some of them not so great. Why, when we are in that control, when we have been doing something for a certain way for so long, even if we know it's not the right thing for us, why don't we change? It all comes from fear of the unknown. So this is how it works. When we have a bad habit, we know what we get. We know the results. We know we're not happy we know we're overweight. We know that we're not as successful as we want to be. We know those projects don't work. And sometimes people take comfort in what they know. And it's scarier to try a new habit because maybe I'll have a new life. Maybe I'll have a new wife. Maybe I'll have, you know, maybe things will change. And that really scares people. They rather stay in the status quo of a bad habit than try something new. I get it. It makes sense to me. And in my life, that has certainly been the truth. I think there came a day where my logical brain rewrote the story that I was telling myself in that you know what the, you know what the finish line is here and you don't like that race. So the unknown is better than the race that you're in because you're going to lose. Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying right now that you rewrote your life Right, I, I love I love that you said that. The way you, I, I wish rewrote I can the, rewrote the story. 
rewrote the story. Yes, I love that because we do have habits, right? And the habits means that we keep doing the same thing over and over again. But what you did was, was to look at those habits, dissect them and see if they were working. And what you call rewriting them, I call leveraging leveraging them, meaning that they weren't working. It wasn't getting you the results that you wanted. Things needed to change. Mm. And I find this also to be very true. And I've been doing this for a long time. So I see it as a pattern in human be- in human behavior is that I could tell you today that the pattern that you have doesn't work. I can tell you that you need to change. I can tell you that things could be different. I can tell you that if you, you know, start a new habit in 60 days, you'll do be great. I can tell you to do that one thing and your life will be different. If you are not ready, no matter what great book you read, no matter what great coach you have or learn what great system you have, it won't work. It has to come from within. It has to be, you have to be ready to say enough is enough. And that's when things can change. That's when the book, the one thing make is the best book you've ever read. And then comes the leadership gap, what gets between you and your greatness. It is only when you are ready and ready to make that choice that things will start to shift. Well, gosh, I just, I think about all the mentors that I've had in my life, the lessons that they shared with me. And many of them, the student was ready. I was ready and I took action and it was life-changing. But then I've recorded so many of these conversations that I'll go and listen back to them, you know, sometimes two years later. This happened just this week where I listened back to an interview that I did with a mentor two years ago talking about controlling your stress and making a choice between getting upset or, or maintaining your happiness in moments of conflict and frustration. And for two years, you know, two years later, I'm still struggling with this. And I listen to it go, no, you know what? I'm finally ready to hear the message. I'm finally ready to receive the message. I wasn't ready two years ago. Right, right. So that's how it is with rewriting your story. You couldn't have done it 10 years ago and nine years ago. When you are ready, when you've had enough of what isn't working, you will start to rewrite your story. Mm. And then the one habit is like, yes, this makes sense. Yes, it's powerful. Yes, I can do this. But when you're not ready, you're just not ready. Sometimes we live in our gaps for a very long time. Up until this point, we've talked about the seven archetypes. We've talked about how you can really begin to identify in those moments of indecision when you're not sure what to do, how to begin to pay attention to your feelings and choose whether you want to be the type of person who shows up and has greatness in your life or whether you're going to live with that gap that gap of you being where you are today versus where you really want to be. The results that you have today versus the results that you want. What's the one thing you would suggest that they take action on based on this episode? So one of the things that I really believe is the action is, is almost like not an action. Because this is the thing. Most people expect you to do something in order to change. And I believe The thing about what makes this book different is the action is inward. It's all about who. And the the question that we have to ask ourselves, who are we going to be? Who are we being while we are living, while we are leading? And when you take that inward action, you could call it an inward action about who, you can say, am I proud about who I am? Am I really doing the things I want to do or am I not? And if you're not, then the action is to really decide, 
and make that choice, greatness or gap. So it's for the action for me is going inward and deciding who you are going to be in the situation at all times. Does that make sense? It's it's a very deep thing, but it's I want to bring who back. I want to make who the sexy part. I know why has been sexy for like the past six years, but I am. If you study any kind of psychology, if you study philosophy, you study any human behavior, it's about who you are being. That will give you any action. It'll give you the how. It'll give you the why. It'll give you the what, the where. But if you don't have who right, you can't do the rest. The one habit doesn't make sense to you if you don't have it right about who you are. You need to identify who you are being. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Lolly Daskal, the author of The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. For those of you who want to check it out, you can go to her website, which is theleadershipgapbook.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate your attention. We appreciate you being fans and we appreciate you sharing this with the people that you care about. The big reason we are doing this is frankly, because we want to add value to you. We know that the book has helped so many of you and we wanted to have some type of platform that we could bring valuable content to you on a regular basis. That's also why we're doing this membership platform. We recognize so many of you have read the book, yet you struggle to live it. You struggle to have resources that show you how to discover your purpose, how to bring priority into your life, how to be more productive and how to live a more profitable life. And that's exactly what we are exploring together if you are selected to be a founding member. So if you're interested, the doors are open right now. We are accepting applications right now. Text the word founder to the number 33444 and we will immediately send you an email with some information. So please do that now because we are accepting applications through April 17th and then we are closing the doors. So go ahead and text the word founder to the number 33444 and we'll be in touch. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate you.